You are listening to an exclusive on Pod Hub Network. Your city, your podcast. With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The buck goes with You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we have Tyler and only Tyler. No Jim tonight. Jim is actually, he's, he's, he's pretty drunk, I'm sure, right now. Um, we, we have not heard from him in quite some time. <laughs> not at all. He's actually in, uh, I don't, is it New Orleans, right? Chicago. I he's don't in know. Chicago yesterday. He's just traveling the world. Okay. You know, it's big time over here at North Shore nine. You got all the income coming. So he's just, you know, traveling the world business trips, but no, he's in, he's in New Orleans. So he's not going to be on the show tonight. So it's just Tyler and I. Um, as you can see, the title of the show is not the Pirates got wrecked tonight in this series. We don't want to be totally miserable. So we're going to talk the good stuff, the Pirates trade deadline talk, because that's what's, that's, what's pretty good and exciting right now. Uh, I mean, I guess we should talk, maybe touch a little bit on, you know, this series, maybe the state of the Pirates, but there's a lot that happened and there's still a lot that's probably going to happen tomorrow up until four o'clock PM, Tyler. So I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited. Let's take an over under, Denardo. How many hours are you actually going to work tomorrow? I'm or off how tomorrow. much time? So, uh, lucky man, right. I will be spending my time on Twitter. <laughs> exactly <laughs> until about four thirty, five o'clock, right? Because all the trades that, that happen at four, <laughs> right? That door will be shut the second I walk in, and the phone will be up, and one screen will be on MLB Network, and another on Twitter, and we're just gonna roll. And as you mentioned today, you had the tornado come through, right? So, <laughs> don't, don't remind me. All right, maybe maybe that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, not going to happen. Huh? I'm going to need I'm going to need some alerts set for me. So, anyways, I guess if we're going to talk about this series, right? We'll get to the trades here in a second. Let's get this series up and over with. Um. There's not much really good to talk about other than, I guess, Rodolfo Castro. Yeah. Uh, Castro, he has pop. He does have pop. I mean, aside from that, this team is bad. (laughs) And we fully expected it. But this team is bad. Right. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. The pitching. I mean, the thing is, like, it's it wasn't good, obviously. This is not a good team. And it seems like Charrington is really looking to gut it, you know? I mean, Frazier's already gone. Clay Holmes is gone. Th- that actually might help. I don't know. <laughs> but Clay Holmes is gone. Tyler Anderson's gone. Yeah. You know, so definitely some mainstays there, some staples, some reasons that the team was at least competent. Uh, and then, you know, Rich Rod's still available. Chris Stratton's still available, potentially, you know, able to go. Uh, so... 
Yeah, 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 yeah. This this bullpen doesn't turn out to be pretty good right now, and it's you know definitely getting worse. The rotation is getting worse. Stephen Brault's looking to come back. He's going to make one more start in AAA, and uh, he returns, which I think the start was tonight. Actually, right? I was. Yeah, I believe so. I was so. I did not check, but so into that Brewers game tonight that I didn't get a chance to see. <laughs> I think I was too busy refreshing John Hammond's tweets all night. Oh, yeah. Go go Dodgers. Right. So, no, go ahead. Stephen Brault is coming back. I imagine we'd see him within the next week. But you tweeted it today. Pump the brakes. He's not that great. He's here to eat innings, hopefully. And... The bad part about the Pirates at this point is that we're still in a limbo of we're watching a bunch of guys that are not part of the future. Mm -hmm. And that makes it tough, man. Because when I watch Ben, I'll say his name correctly because he is playing well, Gamble. (laughs) Hit a leadoff and then hit cleanup. And we we watch Blanco. Then we watch, we all love them, Philip Evans. And go down the line, Newman. That this is the part that is tough, and we just got to survive it, right? Yeah, obviously, there's Brian Reynolds, Manning Centerfield, still who is not just an all star, but he's definitely a very, very, very good player. It's it's not yeah. like a fluke season. It's he's he's legit, and like the next guy you look at is Cabrian Hayes, but he's struggling right now. So it's not as if he's helping the cause and situation. I mean, you're watching to watch Cabrian Hayes still too. But he is definitely slumping and struggling right now. So all yeah. you really have at this point in time is Brian Reynolds and somewhere how and I'm not sure, but somewhere in there is, you know, Gamble, as you mentioned, who's playing decent. Defoe actually is playing somewhat decent and like mm-hmm. Nagowski. Right. I, I'm moving you all can't. over the place here. I don't <laughs> think you can count on those guys' performances. I mean, it's not like these are great players they're just kind of hot right now and playing well and i'll like i I respect it i like it but i'm not gonna bank on these guys right and it all that would be fine but it all comes down to the fact that this pitching staff is just absolutely brutal to watch man like there's you're praying a guy can get through an inning yeah even like cool tonight i mean cool's kind of turned it around a bit and again, mm-hmm. you know how much I like I like Cole, and since he's incorporated that four seamer, you know heavily, the results have been better. But he he hasn't really been like his peripherals don't match good. the results. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and he he has not been good. He's result wise, he's been better. Yeah, he's been adequate. He's improved. Yeah. The ERA is way better than what like, what it should be for sure. But he has improved, and tonight he gives up three. Uh, he doesn't reach six innings, which that's also something he has been doing. He has been going six uh, pretty much consistently since then as well, returning from his injury. But uh, here's the thing, too. like So even after like Chad Cool, what do you really have in this rotation? You know, I actually had the, I had the pleasure of listening to the Brewers feed today, watching oh, the game. And, oh, I did. And they made the point to mention that Chad Cool is the best pitcher that they will see from the Pirates. Which is true, but sad. You're right. The The only other one you can really talk about is basically JT Brubaker. But 
you know, I've kind of alluded and been talking about here, and, and they've talked on the broadcast too about possibly like managing his innings and such. I mean, I just feel first off, Brew Baker has played, I think, well above our expectations to begin with, which, you know, shed some eyes on him. Like, what's what is Brew Baker? I think you and I are both on the same level of thinking, like, he'll get innings this year, obviously, but he's probably a pretty damn good reliever. Now, the start of the season happened, and I, I think still even with the results right now, I'm, I'm willing to give him like, the shot to you know, continue to be in this uh, rotation. I just truly feel the fact that you know, he just hasn't pitched since his you know, injured 2018 season. You know, like He's had, I think, what was it, a total of like 70-some innings since then coming into this year. So I'm not the team doctor. You know, I, I just can go off of my thought process here but i'm sure there's probably some arm fatigue you know he just isn't there he's, he's giving up a ton of home runs right yeah he is and it's very weird because he's a dude that just goes out there and he, if he did not give out the give up the home runs he would shove yes like they are and they are solo blast too but he used up three or four of them right right and it's funny i mean they're not the same pitcher at all but like i that's why I'm like still, and I know you're gonna hate me for it still, but I'm I'm less right now than I was. I'll put it that way. I'll preface this: I'm less to the point that I was, but still semi intrigued on Will Crow because like I just feel like that's that's it. Like with him too, you know, like he'll dance around and he'll have like those four point two innings with like five six strikeouts, two runs, and they're both on like two solo shots. Like if. If we are four years ago and we're just basing on FIP, I don't know what JT Brubaker SIP is, but I know his strikeout to walk ratio is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We would be thinking this guy's just so unlucky. <laughs> but yeah, he gives up a good bit of hard contact. A lot of them go over the fence. And I think at one, I think he has been mismanaged by Shelton and probably above him as well. And two, he's just he leaves enough over the plate that end up punishing him is part of it. Luck. Absolutely. But at some point when it becomes a pattern, like it did with rich rod a, a few years ago. Yeah. You start to wonder, is there an end to this? Are you just a reliever? Right. And I mean, it's not like the worst thing in the world. If that's what he is, is a reliever. No, it's not the worst. Because ultimately, I think that's where we were projecting him to begin with. You know, and like I feel like anything better than that is icing on the cake. So I think he's shown that he can be a starter this year, and you are correct. So looking at his FIP, though, it's a 490. His ex-FIP is a 385. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, his expected ERA compared to ERA is basically the same thing. Uh, he is, right? He's striking out 9.25 per nine, walking just 2.15. So I mean, definitely but things you, you like to see. If you just look at that, yeah, right. Like if right. you just look at that, you're like, this guy should be good. What's hurting him is the 1.98 home runs per nine, Tyler. Tyler, <laughs> That's tough. eight, tough, man. Eighteen starts. Fellow needs to go trade him to San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Not New York. <laughs> no, God, no. <laughs> But Don't right. let him play in that T-ball park. And that's where I'm with you like as well. I mean, that's why I still feel comfortable with JT Brubaker's future. 
I would love to see him skip maybe a start or two. Manage the Absolutely. hell out. That's why with, with Brault coming back, you know, I'm not looking at Brault coming back and excited about it as if, oh, Brault had like a great ERA last year and he pitched effective. And, you know, he's we're going to catch lightning in a bottle with him. I think Brault is what he is. I think if you're creative enough with him and you can utilize him to help him, which is what they did in 2020, Tyler, you know, he can be effective for you. But like, that's why I did bring this up today. And maybe we'll talk about that right now a little bit. You know, for those that are clamoring about, you know, Brault coming up and first off, first off, I've seen some stuff about potentially extending him and Cole. Let's cut that out. God, no. Let's cut that out. There's no extension no. coming. Not for Brault, not for Cole. For one, Cole has another year of control. Brault has two more years of control. If if the Pirates need Brault and Cole for the next few years, when they should be trying to compete, we're in trouble. There's bigger issues. Right. I I don't... This club, the last thing they need to do is settle on a Brault and a Cole. Just because you feel you need arms. Stephen Brault coming up. We are hoping he is like a Josh Fogg and that Chad Cole is a Kip Wells. We just need you to eat some innings here. Let's hold off until Zach Duke comes up. Oh, God, Zach Duke. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. How many times behind the scenes have we talked about Zach Duke in the past few, <laughs> few weeks? Too many. It's, it's way too, too many. many. Way too many. But not in all seriousness. Stephen Broad will be up here to throw five innings and pray that he can save your bullpen from having to throw a Luis Oviedo again, which I'll abort it. I use my tweets are out there. I was all aboard it, but it's in order to not have to throw these guys that much. Yeah. Well, we know that we're not getting Cahill back either with a broken foot falling down the stairs. Sounds like someone just didn't want to play for the Pirates anymore, like the paycheck, but... The Lonnie Chisholm Hall of Pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I get the worry on having arms still. But I mean, there still is Steven Wright down there. There still is Shelby Miller down there. Like, like there are players. And I mean, let's also talk about, I mean, the Pirates just like added, I think, 87 players to this organization this week. So like, like, like they'll be able to find some arms to get them through. But what I don't want to see is an extension on Stephen Brault or Chad Cool, because that to me is a complete sorry move of we're going to settle with these guys. Go out there and find something with more intriguing stuff. Even if they pay a few more dollars to do it, you know, in free agency, because as me, right, someone who actually does believe in Chad Cool to a degree, I don't want to see that. I want to see Chad Cool put on a performance so you can get maybe get something out of return for him and right. move on and then build build going forward. But yes, back to Stephen Brawl. I, I did. I'll put those numbers out there. Like again, he was utilized. He was put like in the best situation, right? He didn't really face the batters the third time. He he didn't face them a whole lot the second time. And when he did, it was bad. So the first time through the order, here's his numbers. First time through the order. They're outstanding, Tyler. The opposing team had a 099 batting average and a 405 OPS. Outstanding. The second time he faced the order. 
They had a 340 batting average and a 757 OPS. That's not good. That's not good. And when you balance those two out, that gives you the mid three ERA. But that that's for a that's very shortened season. Correct. It was what forty two innings, I think. Yeah, like in his career, he has been a bad pitcher. Right. So pump the brakes on Brault. <laughs> but and you don't. Do you know what else happens when you move on to the third time through the order? Those fastballs stop getting by, guys. Maybe we don't throw sixty nine in a row. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Tyler, right, 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 right. <laughs> it's a great meme, not a great strategy. I totally, totally forgot about that. Yeah. So there's that aspect. But honestly, though, what I was gonna get to here too is I wouldn't be opposed to doing that over again. I don't know if the answer is doing cool and brault. Maybe it's Brault and Oviedo, you know, a, a, a combination of somebody. But I wouldn't be opposed to seeing some more piggybacking again. Utilize Brault and that and someone else. Maybe start saving these bullpen arms too because they're being utilized like hell. Yeah, and I know I just kind of threw Oviedo out as a kind of uh example here but i think the curveball does play at the major league level the fastball command is absolutely garbage and he's all over the place with it but when we're looking at our other options i'm okay watching oviedo go out there and try to maybe piggyback probably not start right now because you do have right now the pirates are in a survival mode we got to survive this season and make sure we don't hurt the guys that are actually going to be coming up we can't be wasting a say uh cody ponce or whoever that or jt brubaker for that matter we can't waste these guys and make them throw more than they have to just because we have nothing else correct you're correct you are absolutely correct so obviously tyler anderson's gone brault takes over but you have guys like oviedo ponce um your hurry's throwing again. He is. Um, I don't know if we see him again Krannick, this year. But. Like, like, I feel like, and again, you have Wright and you have Shelby Miller down there. I mean, there's a reason Shelby mm-hmm. Miller was added to this club. There's a reason before the season that Wright was, you know, signed to the deal as well. Uh, we knew, and I'm sure Charrington knew as well at this deadline, they're losing some arms. So mentally and, you know, I guess physically in a sense, they they had to go ahead and shore up for that. And, you know, they made moves already. They've made them so far. And uh, Dylan Peters, I mean, he's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. <laughs> he's abs- You want to talk about giving up home runs? You know, I think he's given up uh, top of memory on in the minors, I think 12 and 40 innings. Is that what it was? I believe it's, right. it's bad. But like you said, it's survival mode. Yeah, at this point, we're just trying to survive it. You're probably looking for guys like us. I mean, Stephen Wright can go out there and throw 300 innings the rest of the year. He's not going to hurt himself. Right. He throws a knuckleball. Who cares? But like, I wouldn't mind going out there and seeing a Shelby Miller throw. Like, let's. There's a reason you have so many quad A arms. 
you gotta have some guys that are stretched out so that you're not eating your bullpen alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which again is why I'm I'm all for a piggyback again. I mean that could, that's a day that like pretty much your bullpen can rest. They they need it. You hope. Well, yeah, you, you do hope. <laughs> By like, piggyback, Oviedo I mean three starters. Really, <laughs> like Oviedo really struggled. He did. To get through even the first inning. So there's definitely the level of survival, but also on top of that, there is is still an evaluation mode. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. like Oviedo, you're you're basically just trying to hide him to keep him on the club, and that way next year he's in the minors. That's what you need to do. But again, there's no, I mean, have him go out there and pitch though. He still has to pitch. You know, he's going to go yeah, pitch. Use him as a. We're running out of spots in the minors as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> We're getting. It's getting a little full down there. Next year's gonna be even worse. Yeah, and I mean, you talked about the piggybacking. The bullpen brain is going to get even worse if a rich rod trade does happen. Correct, and and it, that might not stop there. I mean, Holmes is already gone. Crick has been DFA'd. Rich Rod goes, and potentially Stratton goes. I mean, that's four guys right there gone that were actually like in. Integral parts of this bullpen. It wasn't just like a you know a guy. I mean, they were used a lot, often and late. Mm-hmm. You know, other than them, what, what's left? Bednar, and uh, and you don't want to like abuse Bednar. No, because that's a guy you're trying to do the same thing. Like he's potentially your future, right? You, I mean, not Sam that they Howard. would abuse them because they're they're not gonna win that many games to have to use them, but. He might actually be in the best position. He's just chilling. Right. <laughs> All right. I got 20 innings left in me this year. I'm good. <laughs> right. I only foresee about 14 more wins. So I'm good. <laughs> oh, throw me out there six times. Just whenever we're on a 10 game losing streak and wake me up. Right. Yep. So I guess that pretty much we can wrap up the the state of the pirates with that. I guess the only other thing let's yeah. let's end it on a high note though. So again, going back to Castro, right? Adam Fraser gets traded. I think a lot of us were wondering and inquiring, like, does that mean you know Castro takes over second base? He does, and he now owns an MLB record: his first five hits, all home runs. Um, look, look at tonight. I know he didn't get any more hits. Of course, no more home runs either. But like the first two outs. I think the first one went 386. Pardon. The other one was about the same. I mean, missed, hard. It, missed it by a quarter of an inch. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, very hard hits, deep flyouts. Like you said to start off the show, kids got pop. He has the pop. Um, and he is confident right now because there's zero, zero, zero reason you dive for a ball and try to get the runner out at home early in the game. You have to be confident to do that. And he did not get him out. Right. And I tweeted about it was being a dumb play because it is an absolutely stupid play. You got to be confident doing the fellow's field himself. 
and I'm cool with that. Good, good for him. I was gonna. I'm, I'm glad you alluded to that. I was gonna say it in the fact that did you see the chain and the, the buttons undone today? Oh man, oh, he's, he's feeling, feeling himself. himself. <laughs> yeah, I he's like put it. like ten balls in play, and five of them are homers. He don't care. But he's like a legit wild card in the sense where. You know, I think a lot of us have been talking about the middle infield, and you, you go to Gonzalez, you go Cole Tucker, Kevin Newman, there's Bay, there's Cruz, there, you know, like there's a lot of middle infield talent that's going to be coming up. And I think lost in that a lot is Castro when he's been given opportunity this year. <laughs> and that's before the trades. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Because there's, there's like four more middle infielders now. <laughs> Like we're at a point here where Newman and Tucker, you you gotta go. There's yeah. no space for you. I do not see Cole Tucker as a Pittsburgh Pirate next year. I don't know if he'll finish the year out as Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirate. That could that could legit happen. There's a as well. good chance he can get DFA just because there's nowhere to play these guys. Right. Right. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. For the exact reasons that you mentioned, there's there's a roster crunch everywhere, everywhere, like every organization. I mean, that's I guess the downside of losing all these teams. But regardless, like I feel like even if like the Pirates still had West Virginia or whatever, you know, like there's still this issue that's happening because these aren't just 17 year olds either, you know, where you can kind of stash them down there. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys, kids, whatever you want to call them, need to be in Double A and Triple A and such. So, yeah. They got to play, and there's no reason to have. I mean, I think right now this organization doesn't have Cole Tucker in their like their future plans at all. I yeah, I'm fully with you. I don't think he's even in like tomorrow's plans. I think these trades prove <laughs> it. That's something that I think is Ben Sherrington's. I think that's kind of his philosophy here, where he I've tweeted about it. I don't know how many times I'm going to say I've tweeted about today, but I'm going to say it again. It seems like he is going full on on the I'm getting guys who can play up the middle. And he's going center fielder. He's going shortstop. He's going second base. He's going catcher. And I don't know if it will work because we've seen Neil Huntington kind of do a little bit different where he's going after guys that can he thinks can hit and then we'll find a position for him. Mm-hmm. Ben Sherrington seems like right now even through the draft, I mean, you look at what how he's drafted. Alani White, he's probably a center fielder. Uh, Nick Gonzalez, shortstop, trade for Piguero. Every trade that's been made so far, he's taking guys that play up the middle and we'll figure it out later, which I don't right. hate because if you can play up the middle, you can probably play anywhere on that ball field unless you're a catcher, then you're a corner player, but still. But there you go. So if you don't work out as a catcher, you're a corner guy. I mean, that you're, you're yeah. still you're like you're still filling those positions without targeting them. It's kind of what you're alluding to, right? And I think we saw at one point we saw it with Honey Tim where he was going super athletic. Maybe guys that don't play certain positions in college, like a, when he drafted Jacoby Jones, Just Connor Joe, that. yep, like guys that and they try to put Jacoby Jones a shortstop, Connor Joe at third base, guys like that. Sherrington seems to have a different philosophy in terms of positions he's targeting. 
and they seem to be straight up the middle guys that if they don't stick here we'll find a position for them just hit yeah now you make a good point i mean the number one overall pick was a catcher mm-hmm. and then and of course the next guys were you know a lot of pitchers which the club needs for sure too but right like you say with lonnie white he's he's athletic as hell he's a center fielder most likely uh, I mean, I, I heard people comps of like a, a Marte type player, which Marte is athletic as hell. You know, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense in that sense. Um, but, but right, like I feel like every trade has featured a middle infielder. Every single trade that he's made has a middle infielder. And like you said, likely a center fielder. I mean, there's Hudson Head, right, who came back yep. in that. There's Lonnie. There, like every deal, like you say. And the right. Rodriguez. There's, there's a catcher involved. <laughs> There's a middle infielder and likely an outfielder and a pitcher. Yeah. And I mean, you look at even like uh, Kanan Smith. Mm-hmm. He's probably not a center fielder, but he's like a third piece. Those are those are outliers in his trades right. so far. But if he's not now, or, uh, then we'll find a spot for him. I mean, even when we look at uh, what's his name? Benz? Yes. Catcher that probably won't stick, mm-hmm. but see. If he does stick, then we get we get a backup catcher. If not, guys walk right through the freaking roof. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah, like I mean, the, the, like the skill set of some of the guys he's going for, like the head, like him, like they they all have. Now head didn't have it beforehand. I will say that, and I think we talked to Tim. I forget, but regardless, I mean, he's been leading off. Like his approach a little bit different. He's walking a lot this year, but I feel like a lot of the guys he's targeting too. There's a lot of high walk rate and high strikeout rate. It's you know, like, so there's a lot of Mason Martins in the in the system right now. <laughs> so it's almost like reverse Neil Huntington, where he took like high projectable pitchers, and yeah. Ben Sherrington's just taking projectable hitters. Right. You walk, you can hit bombs. All right, let's go, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, but we'll um, try to cut those strikeouts. Yeah, I guess we'll get in that when we talk about the trades specifically. But but yeah, that that is interesting, and I fully agree. It seems like it's methodical, right? There's enough data now with all the trades he's done to see like the big scope of things. And you're Take right back to P- Marte for mm-hmm. Piguero, <laughs> right? So um, okay. So we talked a little bit about the actual. Adam Frazier trade. Um, we didn't really get your input, so I'll let you take the floor for a second. And you can talk to us about it if you like. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I think it's a trade where it's hard to give an opinion on because every opinion on Marcondo seems to be all over the place, depending on whatever site you use. And when you look at it, just without all that, Let's just look at the trade and we see they gave up 1.4 million, 1.5 to go get this guy. Right. There has to be something there that Ben Sherrington loves in him to go to put the money into it and go get him and really not get much. I mean, he got some projectable pieces with it, but nothing really to write home about. So I think when you look at the trade, it's one of those things where ignore all the outside noise. He loves the guy. And right or wrong, 
he was going after him. And we heard about it when they after they traded for him that he wanted him in the Musgrove trade and couldn't get him. So obviously there's something he likes or a scout likes. And will it work? God only knows. But it's hard to really give a true opinion without really seeing a little bit more. Right. Yeah, I think that pretty much summed up like my thought. You know, my personal views on it was like, eh. But like you said, I will, I will respect him. And like, that's the guy he wanted. So go get him. Like, if you see something, go get him. Now, if he doesn't pan uh, out, think, then we can question you and your, your right. ability to see things. But at this point in time, if that's your guy, you went and got your guy, that's a win for you. And I think there's something to be said with, I've heard a, a whispers of criticism about Sherrington's trade history so far with the Pirates. I mean, we talked about it in our chat about Pagero and for Marte after we just saw the Marte trade. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Josh Bell trade, Musker trade. There are question marks, absolutely. But our question marks are, well, they are based on numbers. They really haven't produced too well, most of these guys so far. Um, and prospect ranking-wise, depending on where you look, it's tough. Like, if you look at Pipeline, they got a great farm system. You look at fan graphs, it's it's fine. So you're just talking like I'm overall the farm with all the trades? Right. Such. Yeah. Right. So to to kind of talk like my thought on the farm as well, and here to put out some numbers, and I'll, I'll talk about Fangraphs because Fangraphs um, <clears throat> has all the new incomers, right? Something like Pipeline doesn't have. Uh, and, of course, like mm-hmm. update, updated rankings and such. Um, like this this organization, something Charrington has definitely done. He's tar- We talked about who we targets, right? There's definitely a lot of guys with upside. A lot of them have performed, so I'm not, you know, and whatnot. But regardless, this this farm has certainly gotten very, very, very deep right now. It's a great word to use. It's there's a lot of depth. There's a ton of depth to the fact that we're talking about. Like we, I mean, Cole Tucker might just be gone because there's no there's no mm-hmm. room for him. You know, as a, even like you no can't lo- stash him in the minors. <laughs> No longer are the days where he's your number six prospect. No, not at all. So there's a lot of depth, but I think the club still has the same issue it started with, which I don't know if you can certainly, of course, turn that around at, at once. It's not as if Charrington was given a star player. The closest he had to a star was Marte, right? So he wasn't really given too many stars to go ahead and trade for like some blue chip type prospects. There have been two drafts, though, right? To this day, that is something they're lacking is someone with true like star power, like a, a legit big-time prospect. There's potentially guys who maybe can turn to that or whatnot, but that is something they're lacking right now. When you're talking on the scale, right, future value scale, like the Pirates have, they, they top out at 50, 50 scale, right? Nothing higher. There's no 55, no 60. There's no Wander Franco at 80. You know, like there's no big time prospects. 
there's a ton, a ton of those middle guys that have a lot of variance to them, though. They might end up being that one day. They also could be out of baseball one day. So I think that's a little tough to judge right now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we no minor league season last year. We don't know what Nick Gonzalez is. Maximum, I think we expect him to be a good major leaguer. But I think going into this year with this draft, you could be looking at some dudes. And I think that's where Sherrington's looking at building this team is through the draft and then complementing it with trades. Because at this point, we've seen it around the league. You're not getting dudes through trades. Especially when you have guys like the Pirates do. They're not giving up dudes. I was going to say, I mean, but if, if you have a Trey Turner and, you know, Max Scherzer, you will. But exactly. But, but the Pirates don't. The Pirates have Chad Cole and Steve Brault and God, Kevin if Newman. Only, so if they could have only swung that Vasquez trade. <laughs> right, right. So I think that's where we're kind of at right now with it, where he seems to be building depth through trades, but going after high impact players to draft. There's, I mean, it's, it's just way too early draft wise to tell. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't mean, I don't disagree with that at all, you know, but, but I, I also think we could be looking at a Henry Davis. If he, if scouts start to like his catching ability, we could be talking about a 60 future value player easily. Yeah. And that, that's, I think again, like that is where I'm getting at here. That can absolutely change. And I think that's the hope, you know, again, like this, this club has, so here's the thing. This team has 60 guys that are 35 plus value or higher, right? There's like nobody else. There's like no other organization right now other than Texas who has more at 67. So again, talking about the depth and such, there's 18 that have 40 plus value. And again, like what that means is those guys have like a lot of variance. Like those could level up, you know, even like you said, Henry Davis could at this time, there's nothing. So at this time, taking a snapshot at this this farm. It's very, very deep, but you don't have like a Wander Franco. Like, so again, if we, I guess we're going to go back. Like, there's no Andrew McCutcheon at this point in time. Right. If that's fair, it can happen. That's absolutely correct. But at this point in time, that is something this, this farm does lack is there's a lot of variance. There's a lot of lower level guys who have pathways, but there's no sure. I guess Henry Davis probably is the closest to that. Henry Davis is probably the closest to you're going to be a good major leaguer. Where I think the rest have a lot of variances. You're hoping for them to be. Right. Yep. There is a ton of variance in that minor league system, which, I mean, he's gone out and acquired depth. So Mm -hmm. just throw it all at the wall and see what sticks. And when you have 60 guys to work with, someone's going to stick. Right. (laughs) And it, it is fun to kind of look back at Huntington's last few years of his trades of going it they're both going after quantity but Sherrington's going after lower level quantity Huntington went after the triple A quantity Huntington didn't work out mm-hmm. will Sherrington's work out God only knows but my god they got so many dudes <laughs> like just give me five of them that work out yep yeah, I feel there was more strategy 
to Huntington. He wanted to keep it going. He needed guys that were here soon. And that yeah. might have led to it where especially towards the end where it was mm-hmm. time's running out here. Right. Um we saw a little uh, it, well actually towards the middle was is where we saw the lower level, but early in his tenure we saw a lot of the same that he did at the end. The Andy yeah. LaRoches and well, granted Andy LaRoche was a bona fide prospect, but people forget that too, but yes. God God, I miss those days where people would actually trade prospects. Like, think about if they were doing it now. <laughs> think about, like, Aroldis Chapman getting Glaber Torres for, as a rental. I try not to. Because, like, it wasn't even just him. There was Billy McKinney. There was... Yeah. Um. God, I forget. I don't know. And then they got Chapman back. But, yeah, just for, like, a half a season of a, a, a reliever. We got Glaber yeah. Torres, the like number one prospect in baseball. Imagine if teams were still doing that. What? what how, what's that going to happen again? God, I miss those days. Imagine. I mean, I guess Wander Franco isn't a level like still like where Glaber was at that point in time. But like, imagine like still. Wander Franco getting traded for for Kimbrel right now. <laughs> God, I miss that. Jeez, yikes! Which makes it even worse on Huntington that teams were making those deals back then and he couldn't swing one. Yeah. But enough of Huntington. Let's get back to this. So I'm pleased with the farm. I'm pleased with what happened. I guess we could talk about the other trades that went down. So, Tyler, speaking of the Yankees, I mean, it wasn't Glaber Torres, but they traded for Tyler. They tra- they traded for now. Listen, I'll give you the floor because you you pointed out what reliever was for free. They traded for Clay Holmes. They said we'll give you two guys. Now I understand they're Rule Five eligible, and there's probably a roster crunch for them. There's not more of a roster crunch than anyone I think than the Pirates have right now. But we're gonna give you two guys that are having pretty damn good seasons right now for Clay Holmes. Leonardo, you could have you. You could have told me that we got me and you in return. And I would have been, we got two breathing individuals for Clay Holmes. Really? Like people that can throw a baseball got traded for Clay Holmes? All the relievers in the world. Why was Clay Holmes such an early targeted reliever? There's all these relievers right now going. I was listening to Greg Brown on the radio and talk. And like everyone's trying to dance around the subject of being like, how the hell did they get two like actual baseball players for Clay Holmes? And God only knows these two baseball players could be terrible. They could both just not hit anymore. It's very Perfect. possible. Like so the they Yankees slide found in and be them. what Clay Holmes was. <laughs> it's a fair trade. Oh. Like Clay Holmes was bad. It was a miracle he lasted as long as he did as a baseball player. And we got two living, breathing humans out of it. Two living, breathing humans. Two. Not to mention, like, there are people that think Castillo is the real, like, target here. Because I don't know if you read the Fangraphs thing where the con- someone from Fangraphs said that there have been analytic-minded people that say he should be ranked a lot higher. Here is part of the surprise, I guess. 
is you're gonna tell me Clay Holmes through three score or like two scoreless innings. What's that? You're gonna tell me Clay Holmes through like two scoreless. <laughs> of course. Am I missing it? Where's he at? Where are these dudes on fan graphs? Where's the rankings? Oh, good Lord, Denardo. Am I not you on the boomer. right spot? You boomer. I feel like an idiot now. Well, I mean, I kind of always do. But Where you look for rankings? Yeah. This is pathetic. Dead air. It's awesome. Someone want to sing a song for us? <laughs> I mean, I know I, I seen them here and like I don't see them here anymore. Is this not actually updated? It's gotta be. See, I did not see Castillo in the top when I looked. But let me pull it back up. Let me be the millennial here. Fix everything for you. It's what I do. I mean, I'm on 21 updated. Anyways, uh, I, while you're looking here, uh, yeah. yes. What exactly well, am I looking for? What ranking is he is question. right now in the Pirates system? He is 22. So how come I don't see that? Right behind Rodolfo Castro and two behind Lonnie White. Ahead of Andy Rodriguez, Mesa Martin, Jose Soriano, Oviedo, Cal Mitchell. Ahead of Eddie Yeen, actually. Oh, God. Here it is. Dear Lord. I was looking under... I'm under scouting and position because I wanted to see their stuff. He's not over there, but he's in the summary. Okay. Well, for everyone else who we've already lost. Okay, fine. So, yes. Castillo's ranked 22nd. The Pirates have a deep farm that we just mentioned. It's very deep. The number 22 is probably like a number 15 or higher in some clubs' farms, right? The Pirates flipped Clay Holmes, and they have the now number 22nd prospect on their system in doing so. That's a, that's a huge win. And Park is the number 38 prospect. He's having a great season. I know he's older. I know it seems like of an anomaly a little bit, but he's beefed up. Like that's one thing they talked about was he came into 2020, just a house, but there was no minor league system, so he couldn't prove and show anyone. So he came back in 2021, the same physique, and he is just mashing. So like I understand he's 25 years old in AAA and he's he's mashing, but he's intriguing. And Tyler once again. What was his numbers in AAA? He had a walk rate of 20.6%. While this guy can this guy can absolutely suck. I don't care. The Yankees fans' tears on Twitter made me laugh so hard. So there's that part, absolutely. <laughs> but the other thing too is just like 
get this guy up here. Let's yeah, find he out here next week what he is. Just if they would have got parked alone with Clay Holmes, it's a clear win because I'm intrigued to see what this guy can do. If yeah, they would have got Castillo alone, that's a win. And they got both. We know what Clay Holmes is. Not the future. Not one bit. We know he's bad. We don't know if these guys, they, they've they hit. Clay Holmes didn't really pitch well in the minors. Pitched fine. But, I mean, we got Park, who is a middle infielder, again, that can play the outfield. I mean, worst case scenario, well, not worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is he's terrible. But, I mean, middle of the road, he's a utility player, a good player to have. Yeah. I'll take that every day for Clay Holmes. Right. Which is kind of like what but, you think, like, Castro could be to a degree. You're like, you weren't banking on yeah. him. You're banking on him like a utility guy. Here's another possibility. Yeah. I will take these guys that can play the middle of the infield and move around every day of the week. And I will watch them every day of the week rather than have to watch Kevin Newman go play. <laughs> so since we brought up Park, right, let me let me bring up this question. Let's talk about it at this point. So, Tyler, we were talking about the roster crunches. We're talking about all these guys needing to find a spot to play. There's already issues in, you know, single A, double A. Of course, triple A is less talent, but, I mean, now we're getting talent in there. So, Park is a middle infielder by trade, does play outfield. Right now, there is Kevin Newman, per se, and it's short. I know how you feel, but I'm okay with him there. I'm okay with it, okay? Casho's a second, and he's, he's proven that he needs to stay here until he's not. I would like to see Park as a 25-year-old, not in Indianapolis right now. With the Rule 5 crunches coming up, there's a lot of let's see who can play. I want to see him in the Major League right now. I need to evaluate right now and see what he can do. Absolutely, especially when you consider he can play the corner outfield. He can play second base. I, I get it. Newman probably defensively needs to stay at short so we don't abuse our pitchers and throw out someone that can't really play short. But who are we taking at bats away from here? Polanco. So that's Phillip my Evans. question. That's my question. That's where I'm going to, Tyler. It's it's at a point now where we gotta start seeing what we got here. So does that mean? Once this deadline passes, because it's not he's not getting traded. But once the deadline passes and Charrington can start settling in and figure out where these guys are truly going, is it time for a Polanco DFA? It might be. Um, I think you can throw Philip Evans in that mix, but he plays too many positions to not do it. I think Polanco's probably first on that agenda. I mean, that's assuming that you don't see a Wilmer Defoe or a Ben Gamble deal. So Polanco's probably the first on the chopping block here. I'm with you. 
I've been behind Polanco staying. Reasons for it. Reasons for it. Who is pushing him out? Nobody, right? For the most part, Oliver was injured most of the season. Are you pushing uh-huh. him because of Alfred or Kai Tom or or yeah. uh, Fowler or who? No, right? No. Who else is there? Nobody. But I think now, excuse me. Now there there is a situation. Brian Reynolds is an all. He's there. He's great. <laughs> He's Manning center field. Gamble has surprised many. You and I. You've now actually called him Gamble. I he do. doesn't. He doesn't deserve to be off this team. And the fact, too, he has control for another year. He, he could be on next year's club. So Gamble's still here. You talk Defoe, but honestly, like even with Defoe, he has versatility and he's performing. Oddly enough, he actually is hitting. Nagowski's hitting. I'm not getting rid of him. Philip Evans and, and Polanco, to me, are like next on the chopping block. Because Evans, just, he's not that dude anymore. He's not that guy. No. You're not that guy. I need to make that a new drop. But he's got that versatility where he can play first base like he did the night. He can slide in the third. And he can play the corners. Polanco's got one spot. And he doesn't do it well. And that so that so that's what it comes down to is the trade-offs. Do you go for versatility or do you go for, go for the guy who at least does have some thump and is eleven for eleven in stolen bases? <laughs> You know what's odd? I mean, think about this too. And we talked a little bit about this in separate ways. I mean, we talked about the fact that I had the over for Polanco in home runs, and I might get that this year still. But he's also 11 for 11 stolen bases. Polanco, legit, if he has the opportunity to play all year, he has a legit shot at having a 2020 season. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the honor, his numbers might match up with Philip Evans right now. By the way, Schwarber heading to Boston. Live breaking news. Huh. But yes, go ahead. I haven't looked lately, but Blanco's got to be up there with Evans at the plate. It's just that position versatility. And then you add in a Colin Moran that seems like he's coming back soon. Right. I don't know. Maybe Evans is the guy that you... Could be both. Put it on the chopping block. Could be both. Yeah, I mean, there's enough down there that you you can't get rid of Oliva. No. What's the point? He's you can you can send him back down, but what's the point? Like he's old enough that he needs to be up here. Evans has an 83 way to run credit plus negative point three war. Polanco has an 80 way to run credit plus negative point two war. And if so you compare them over the last break, two months, the same same people. I'd say if you compare him over, even though if you look at the last month, it's not even close. Polanco's blowing him out of the water. I would believe that, yeah, because Evans started off really hot again. So, I mean, I guess if you're looking at a Colin Moran coming back, maybe it's Evans, because you do have enough guys that can play third, and you have enough guys that can play first. And, and if you call up, if you call up a park, then. He can play the corners. And that's what I'm alluding to. I, I, I shouldn't even have like Moran in my in my thought process, but he's looks like he's coming back. So the reason I'm even entertaining this is because again, like I feel Park should be here. And if Park is up here, someone's gonna go. And if we're talking that Park and Moran should be here, then two guys gotta go. 
And that's why, like, right now I'm on board with, I love you, Gregory Polanco. I wish the best for you. You didn't pan out the way we hoped. But now it's time because now you are actually hurting the club. In the sense of, I mean, performance is hurting the club, but there's no, there's no, there's no need for a good performance. You know, it's it's like you're hurting the club because you're not yeah. performing this year. I mean, what are you performing for? Who cares? Now you're hurting it because we need Park to play, and you're taking at bats away from him. So it's time to go. Yeah, I think I think they might lean toward Evans if Miranda's close, just because the clubhouse presence of Polanco is probably. Yeah, in their minds worthwhile, especially if I mean we're at a point now where there's not many veterans on this team. I mean, are they going to look at Wilmer Defo, Gamble Defo, <laughs> Gamble Defo Stallings, Stallings, and Stallings is a good one. But you're right. I mean, he, other than that, Nagowski. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just trying to think of older dudes on this team. Newman, I don't know. Uh, I mean, if it's Newman, it's also Reynolds, and that you know the same sense. And I just, but it is what it is. Like at the same time, too, yeah. does that does that value right way over having Park playing right now? I mean, I guess ultimately it's Charrington, you know. But I would have to, I have to look at Blanco's numbers and the. I know he's been raking. Since he came back, he was he was like 300, 400, 500 basically for a bit there. And then you look at like a Phil Evans who really has not added much other than a couple weeks last year and a couple weeks this year. He has a position versatility, but you can find some dudes that can play third base and first base. Since Polanco's come back on July 17th, He's batting 250 on base, 350 slugging 571. He's got a 141 rated run, rated runs created plus. Two homers, one triple, seven. I'm sorry. Two homers, one triple, one double, and seven hits. Now, if Moran comes back, though, you might see both of them gone. It might be Evans, then Polanco. Mm-hmm. Or you might just see him send all of them back down. Because they have a lot of guys, they got a yeah, lot of like sixth outfielders. I could, I could see actually all of it down. Park, I don't see. I don't know. I mean, you'd want to see both, truthfully, to a degree. Like, like in my mind, I think what would make sense is having like an outfield rotation depth of like Oliva, Reynolds, Gamble, Park. You know, and Park can of course play a little bit of like a middle infield around there stuff too. Um. So I guess theoretically you can put all of it down, but I don't know if that really makes sense. Like if Park's up, I want to have all of up too. Yeah, and because I really only see both of them. If all of it goes down, then you really don't have a center field option. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch Ben Gamble try to <laughs> troll around center field. <laughs> right. But this is all super premature considering. Gamble and Defo could be gone tomorrow. See, I doubt that. I do. At least, at least the Gamble part. I think Defo would be first before Gamble. Just because I do too, Gamble but... has a year of control that 
theoretically you could keep him, and I'm not opposed to it. Maybe a cheap outfield option where you don't have much options there. He could be a fourth outfielder on the team, but yeah, and I'm cool with that. You know, I I could also see Sherrington thinking let's sell high on him because he's not getting much better. Yeah, I mean he could also just be just gone this offseason too. Even though he has a year of control, it just it's not in the cards. There's there's such of a roster crunch. I mean, you can only keep so many guys. That that's the other part of it, though. Like you need some forty man space here, right? Some of these guys are gonna have to go, whether you like it or not. Might as well get some now. So, anyways, I do want to see Park. I do feel that we are now definitely at the point. Like Polanco served his point, his purpose. Uh, a lot of it was he could catch lightning in a bottle and get traded. It just seems unfortunate. We you showed the numbers, or you mentioned it, and I pulled up and and said them. They came about a month too late. <laughs> like if yeah. this is when he gets hot. So okay, let's be a little bit funny here. He finishes oh my God, the year. Could Blanco be a trade bait? I don't think his last so. month number. I don't think so. But Bench bat. but just think of this now, right? Polanco heats up. Rest of the year, he just is on fire. He finishes with a 2020 season. No. Right? He finishes now at the end of the year because he catches so far, like right about 100 way to run credit plus. No. Is it Polanco season all over no. again in 2022? No, that option's... <laughs> He'll get the Jung-Ho treatment, if anything, where he gets not picked up and then maybe signed back for like... That's actually team. what I'm alluding to. <laughs> I, I mean, the option's gone. It's, it's Chris, Ar- Chris Archer all over again. Like, you're not picking him up, but you might re-sign him, like you said with Jung-Ho. That, that's gone, but like, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> right? He finishes this season like all hot. When you look at the entire body work, it's like, well, he wasn't really that bad, and you remember the great finish he had, and you're like, let's bring him back. He's healthy now. He's... <laughs> He found it. I can imagine Pirates Twitter. <laughs> but no, it's time to turn the page on Gregory Blanco. I'm with you. And I think it's, it's that time. I'm on board with it being time sooner than later, unfortunately. It's time to turn that page on that entire Pirates decade. All right. You are correct. So we talked play homes. Clear win for the Pirates side. So now Tyler Anderson's traded as well, twice. <laughs> he goes to I the fell Phillies for the second one. We try, we try talking amongst ourselves about this Phillies trade, looking at everything, and then that doesn't happen. And then at like twelve, twelve oh five, those rumors. I think it's like one o'clock. It was official where he's traded to the the Mariners. And like a very similar package. It was like, as you mentioned, a catcher, of course, right? Look in the middle and a pitcher. Um, similar and different, I would say, to the Phillies. But what's your overall take on these two guys? I think just looking at it, I was more on board of the Phillies trade. It seemed like there was more upside there. I was too. Um, but... Someone from Baseball America came out and said that Carter Benz was going to take a giant jump to like 12th in their organization. Which is also a deep organization. So it's another one of those where it's like, oh, okay, maybe there's something I don't know. But, man, I just, I did like that Phillies package. 
And if there were there was something wrong with one of them, who knows? Maybe Sherrington was just playing games with old Davy Dummy. Stop Possible. it. Stop it. Hey, that's, <laughs> no, the Phillies. that's a rumor on Twitter. Yeah, well, so is a lot of other things. I, I mean, I do find it funny. It, it, it makes for great storylines. I mean, obviously, Dombrowski was the guy that took over Charrington's spot in, in Boston. So yeah. why not stick it to the man, right? Yeah, that's a great story. It's great for you know WWF, WWE, whatever. But Not great to have a future trade partner when you're trying to deal your closer. No, right. You're not going <laughs> to do that. Like, let's be realistic here. <laughs> You're not burning that bridge. You're brand new here, and you're just going to cut off an entire organization now from ever making a trade with? <laughs> Come on! Especially when, like, a week later, they really need your closer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's sad, but, like, we talk about how mediocre to bad this you know bullpen is, and, like, the, the Phillies need it. <laughs> so I think it's, it depends on who you listen to, dude. Like, Mackie tweeted about Carter Ben's defensive errors this year. At the very least, it sounds like everyone that's watched him thinks he's, at the very least, a backup major league catcher, which that's fine for Tyler Anderson. Mm -hmm. I think everyone got their hopes up a good bit, especially after seeing Clay Holmes, because I would have taken that deal every day for Clay Holmes. Or for Tyler, the deal that happened for Clay Holmes, I would have taken for Tyler Anderson. I was just gonna, yeah, I think you said it in our group. I'm, I agree. <laughs> like I would have took, I would have taken that deal for Tyler Anderson. You got that for Clay I Holmes? Hate. I'll take a four and a Truthfully half. Truthfully speaking, one of the guys, according to FanGraphs, is rated higher than both of these guys in the Tyler Anderson. You know that happened in Clay Holmes trade. So, but it's a. Uh, I mean, he he got a. I don't really want to say projectable because the young pitcher is not really projectable. But he got a potential backup catcher. Five eleven, one sixty, I believe. Yeah, he's not big. He's there's there's not much more to add. But you got a potential backup catcher, which if we're five years down the road and Carter Bins is backing up Henry Davis. And I look back and go, all right, for Tyler Anderson, I will take that. Yeah. I like the thing about it, too. So we're talking about Carter Bins, you know, and the catching stuff. And it just seems as if, like, this year, like, we talked about the numbers defensively have been bad, right? He's throwing, I think, 16% of the base dealers out. That's that, that's bad. Yeah. There was, what, eight errors on the season he has. Like, that's bad. That's not typically like his MO. Like his calling card was his defense. So, okay, God, don't fine. Be a Tony Sanchez. So we think maybe that's a little bit of an anomaly. You know, and like the calling card was a defense. The bat's really not there. And that kind of shows, but he's having like a really, really good season offensively this year. So maybe the focus was let me get my bat and I'll worry about the glove because that's good. Maybe that's a focus. Could be. Makes sense. Um, regardless, so even though the bat's not great, what has been really good, once again, Tyler, let's talk about that walk rate. This guy walks yeah. like no other. Denardo, this guy might have the best eye in the minor leagues. So, okay, there's that calling card. Like, there's a skill set, for sure. 
You know, and he is batting 284. His on base is 422. He's slugging 493. Like, that looks like a very, very good bat right now. So maybe there is something there. But ultimately, like you mentioned, it seems like he's slotted to be a backup catcher. Cool. And the Phillies trade, it was also slotted to be a backup catcher. Cool. So I kind of look at this way. Okay, so both situations, both catchers were pretty much, if they're making it, going to be a backup catcher. So to me, that's why I kind of felt like I sided with the Philly side because I was like, well, then which pitcher do I like? And to me, like I'm with you, it was really Christian Hernandez. I I feel like I like them better than Tejada. And to me, that's why I think I like the Phillies one better. But I'm just Anthony DiNardo. I'm not yeah. Ben Charrington. I'm not even the guy from Baseball America. <laughs> yeah, and you might have got a better stick here with the Mariners deal catcher-wise. And like we said earlier about the positional flexibility, you could have a dude here that can be your backup catcher but also fill in and play some first base for you. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. And- I mean, it just seems like it's Ben Sherrington's MO right now where I want guys that can play multiple positions. And if you if you can catch, you're going to be able to play first base. Well, probably. Unless you're Ryan Domit. But he Pro- couldn't catch. But he couldn't catch, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I need good. Yeah, so what I'll say is either trade I was cool with, um, which is funny, you and I agree to this as well. The initial rumors was there was going to be another catcher who was the fourth prospect in their their organization, the Phillies, right? And he was Everyone also was like, like no. <laughs> he was also looked at as be like a backup catcher, and I'm like, no, like I don't like this trade. I like the lesser prospects, right? Because at least there's more of them, and there's more variance, there's upside. There's no upside with that dude. I can't even remember his name. Marchon. Um, something like that, yeah. But I just felt like my my argument with that was like, why, why make that trade? Like, if you're going to go out there and trade Tyler Anderson for a Chris Stewart, I don't like. I don't want Reese McGuire. Just just sign a Chris Stewart. Like, so just spend right. one point five million dollars. Like, don't trade this guy to save yourself a million dollars a year. Because you know you got this guy for five hundred thousand, just to sign Chris Stewart for one point five and take some flyers, take some guys, and yeah. they ended up doing that. And I'm okay with either trade, but I'm kind of with you. Like I felt like, to me personally, I liked the Phillies one better. But it's Tejada, and I he's he pitched again with the Pirates. I think he had two scoreless yesterday with like two hit batters, yeah. a strikeout. Like it was a weird stat line, but he's young. He's a kid, literally. He's 18 years old. Eight, oh, actually, 18 and 13 days year old. So, happy yeah, 18th I think, birthday. <laughs> I think the the big get there was Ben's. And, I mean, like I said, the guy might have the best eye in minor league baseball if you walk that much, and he has a track record of doing so. Right. He does. This isn't like an anomaly. It's better, but it's always been elite. Yeah. So, I mean, if he turns into a backup catcher, I'm okay with it. If he doesn't, what are you going to do? They traded Tyler Anderson. What what more do you want? 
Right. No, I'd be okay with it. It's I would not be mad. I'm not going to be mad if he doesn't make the majors either. You know, like uh, no. I'm not going to be mad at any return. Like you said, it is Tyler Anderson. He did exactly what he needed to do. We got two flyers. It is what it is. I mean, hey, this organization went from having no catchers to having three prospects, like actual prospects too, right? Not just a guy. Yeah. I mean, an elite prospect, the number one prospect for the farm system, and then two two flyers that are actually prospects. No, and there's still Andy Rodriguez. So, like, this farm system now has catchers. <laughs> We're not praying for Elias Diaz, though. Somehow I'll learn how to hit. True. We might be in a year. Who knows? Henry Davis might go out there and suck. We're like, oh, God. Please don't, though. Please don't. That's the bad thing. Like, he is, he is kind of turned into the, we really need you to pan out. <laughs> <laughs> well, for one, he's the number one prospect. And two, he's the closest one here. Like, it just. Yep. You, when you have the number one pick, you you hope they do pan out. You have to pan out. You don't have to. Not even. But he kind of needs to. You, you don't have there, to. But he is the safest like of this, that draft class option. But also, like where this organization is, he kind of has to because I feel like he kind of bridges that gap from the current major leaguers to like this new wave coming up. It's like he slides in. And then that's when Cruz comes in and all this, but he's like the safest good bat, if that makes sense. Right. And I'm just hoping that finally the Pirates have a minor leaguer that just goes in there and tears up the minors and hits his way through. Wouldn't that because be nice? It, like we we haven't had that as fans. Like our minor leaguers are yeah, they're really they're ranked highly, but he's in like two sixty. There's some work to be done. I mean, I'm not going to approve it that much, but th- this club has certainly not had a one. There hasn't Franco. been a dude that walked There's in. There's never and been a like, Tatis. There's never been a <laughs> just a stud. Like even There's even Kutch. Guy. Like even Kutch, right? Like yeah. it was. I hope he pans out. Not, not pan out, you mm-hmm. know. But there was never like MVP thought in my mind about Andrew McCutch. Right. Ever. I don't remember last time there was a minor league. I mean, Brian Reynolds might be the. One that just tore up the miners and nobody cared about him. <laughs> That's the funny thing. He got no respect. <laughs> <laughs> like he's the one that just went in there and just tore up the miners and got called up and tore up the majors. And there has yeah. not been a Pirates prospect that really has done that. Like even Polanco didn't do that. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, Brian Hayes certainly didn't do it. No, Brian Hayes didn't do it. Marte kind of. Ish, but he wasn't. He was made like hardly a top 100 prospect. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you you felt Marte was always like a leadoff guy. He was the speedster, good defense. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. I mean we can go on all day about this, but it would be nice for someone to just. Rip up the minor leagues and get up here. Even pitchers wise, we haven't had that. Yeah, like I mean Marte's okay, so Marte's triple A season before we got called up in two thousand twelve. 
286. He's in like 280 347. Yeah. 131 rate runs created plus. I mean, that's good. I mean, we're not we're not saying anyone's terrible, but it wasn't as if he just like this dude's legit. Yeah, there wasn't a dude walking in there hitting 344. And there hasn't been. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Brian Reynolds is like it. Yeah, he was doing it. Like the guy never hit below 300. And we're like, well, maybe he'll be a fourth outfielder. <laughs> For real. <laughs> like he didn't even hit three under 300 in college right never like, in his yeah. life until like the shortened season uh-huh but even at the call-up like even at the call it's like oh yay like brian reynolds here it's cool you know congratulations i hope you can be an outfielder <laughs> he hit well for like two he hit well for two months and everyone's like trade him let's get what we can now <laughs> right yeah no respect yeah so I guess, I mean, to kind of wrap this show up then. Um, so we talked about the trades. Anything else you really want to talk about with the uh, the Tyler Anderson trade? No. Just a quick question of who gets dealt tomorrow to Darter from the Pirates. I mean, I, I almost feel like Rich Rodriguez has to. I'm with you. Because... You could play the game of, you know, he doesn't have to go, of course. There's years of control. He doesn't have to, per se, but it's just... To me, I feel like I'm not risking anything. Like, first off, he's a reliever. There's value there. He's not part of your future. Mm-hmm. Do it. I, I mean, so to this point, there was actually conversation about... People were inquiring about Bednar. Now, everyone's going to inquire, I'm sure, about anyone, right? And I'm... Probably pretty sure Charrington's like, well, yeah, if you want to give me the world for him, I'll do it, but I'm not really entertaining it, right? Bednar's part of the future, though. Like, with Rich Rod, he's not part of the future. There's value there. I question if you'll ever have any higher value. I say just do it, and even if it's not the highest. Like, even if you're, I don't know, if your mark's here, you wait. Just, there's so many question marks right now with him and the substances and stuff, and I think <laughs> other teams might see that as well, and I just feel like you, you just... Like you do it, you just make the trade, you get what you get tomorrow, and that's it. Stratton to me, I feel like he could stick around. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Rich Rod's the guy that really needs to go. There is no use for him on this team at this point. A team that's going to win maybe 20 more games the rest of this year does not have a use for a closer, and especially the way we, I mean, we've seen relievers just shit the bed. If you hang on too long, they are so volatile. I think now you got to strike while that iron's hot. Mm-hmm. And I don't expect much for him either. But maybe a like maybe a little more than a Tyler Anderson. Not too much more, to be honest with you. Maybe someone who's not Rule Five eligible next year too. <laughs> yeah, preferably. <laughs> like give me a, give, just give me an O'Neill Cruz back, like Tony Watson. Well, yeah, that's a great example. <laughs> like that, you're right though. Like think about that trade. You know, there was that's what Charrington has kind of been doing though. I mean, not specifically mm-hmm. like a one on one. Well, I guess it was a one on one. There was someone else involved too, but you know, just guys with upside. Like that's what he was at that time too. It was risky, and now he's the number you know, thirty some, fifty some prospect in baseball, depending on where you go and such. And mm-hmm. guys, that can happen. And, and I'm with you. Take some stay in that deal. God, I can't even remember. I don't. 
I'm sure he's they get that submarine lefty. I can't remember. I don't remember. Padres are closing in on Daniel Hudson. Of God, I never thought I'd hear that Rose. name again. Yeah. He's still a thing. He's good. God. Like I said, strike while the iron's hot. There you go. That's why I'm I'm with it with Rich Rod. Stratton I could see keeping, um, which kind of might sound odd and dumb for what I think I just said, but I question what his value is. Like Rich Rod, I feel like his value is going to be as high as it is. I don't know how people will value Stratton. You know, I mean, we talked yeah. about it, mentioned it. I feel like we haven't really talked and given him as much love as he's deserved on this podcast. So like, I kind of wonder like what the rate is for Stratton. If it's not a whole lot, I think you made a good point of it. Just keep them, use them, and maybe highlight them more next year and do it again. Maybe he's noticed yeah, that's more. Right. But if you're not getting a ton for like him a, right now, then just just keep them. Yeah, I mean, I think you have a better chance of getting or, or of trading like a Jason Shreve or something like that, just a lefty. Mm-hmm. But he's going to return. Maybe a player to be named later. Yeah. And I feel too. I don't think we're, we're I, I trust much. Stratton in his stuff more than I trust Rich Rod in his stuff. I might as well, even though we got rocked tonight. I know. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Two home runs, I believe, right? So, yeah. Wasn't pretty. I but I would almost put money that if both players came back next year, that Stratton might have the better season. I would not take that bet because I don't know. Like, I'm that conflicted about it. Yeah. Oh, well, but regardless. So I think Rich Rod for sure uh, could be strapped. I mean, there's a number of guys. And I don't think, yeah. I mean, we've seen, like, I don't think Charrington's afraid to pull any trigger. Any Anyone for the prices available to a degree? Yeah, I think I feel Reynolds like, and I mean, are Reynolds, safe. Yeah, and I think, of course, after that, Stallings, just simply because of need and yeah. everything. But um, there's nothing. That's probably it. I mean, anyone else wants to go, be my guest. If someone's asking about Polanco, bye. Defoe, bye. Gamble, bye. <laughs> Nagowski, bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like what do you want to give me? <laughs> who else are you really he, keeping on this club? When's he full, when is he rule five eligible? Chad Cole. That's pretty much... I don't know much values there, but like honestly, he he could. If yeah. there's something that's worth it, bye. Tomorrow shall be an interesting day. It's going to be. I think we're going to hear a lot of pirates' names in the news, and maybe not a lot of moves, but a lot of rumors. This deadline has been lit. <laughs> it's been fun. When it's what we've been happen- waiting on. Like in baseball, and I've, uh, I think it's like Charrington's headline at all. <laughs> it has been what we've been waiting on all year, though. It has. So that's so the one just thing. in case something in case something does happen, just stay tuned because you never know what weather will be live tomorrow. I know we might have to again. What a week! I all know right. I'm not going live for a chase and Shrev Shreve. Whatever his name is. There you go. No respect. No respect, Tyler. You never know. I'm keeping my calendar open. 
Same. I'll be ready. All right. Well, let's go. Let's get out of here. It's been a while. Yeah. So we'll right. be back at some point, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> if, if not, then next week. And uh, we'll see you guys yeah. later. So bye-bye. Peace out, Girl Scouts.